All right. We're back. We're back, back, back again. Yes, we are, as always. <laughs> For context of people listening to this, Evan and I are currently barreling through these recordings. I don't know when we're going to get them up, but as of right now, 2.08, like, posted yesterday. And if I get 2.10 and this one edited fast enough, then it will probably be coming out weekly, starting yeah, we at 2.09. Yeah, literally said season two speed run. <laughs> We have the time, so we're just pushing through. Literally, we have enough time to sit down and do it, so might as well. Especially since Shameless is taking so long gaps between it, our minisodes aren't going to be that often either. Yeah, so might as well just keep on producing as much content. (laughs) Yeah. So how are you, Evan? How's How's your day going? I'm doing pretty good. I fell asleep pretty early. Not intentionally. Like, I was just, like, laying down, and then I was like, I'm not going to let myself go to bed. And then I woke up, and it was 8 in the morning. So <laughs> I went back to bed, but I've only been up since like 11. I've been chilling. I've been watching the Sweet Boys podcast with uh, Garrett Watson, Andrew Suwicki, my favorite one on earth. I listened to the newest one this morning. Yeah, so I was watching that this morning. And then uh, we had to go drop off a friend of mine's like COVID test. And then otherwise, we're chill. What about you, Amanda? Good. I woke up. Uh, my sister had to get um, some repairs done on her car. So I woke up and had to go and drive her to go get her car and that's what I did and now it's three o'clock and that's what I've done with my day. I love to hear it. And I'm excited that we get to record even though this episode is gonna be fucking rough. Yep I zero out of ten. (laughs) No I'm kidding I like this episode but it's a very heavy episode. I'm gonna chill myself out with some nice uh heavy angsty supernatural once we're done recording this episode. Oh yeah. I just got to the episode where he kiss kicks Cass out of the bunker and I hated it. Freaking Ezekiel bitch ass. The absolute fucking audacity of Supernatural to give me Dean kicking Cass out of the bunker after seeing Cass homeless for the last three episodes. Cass was finally... murdered. Cass was murdered literally like that that episode and he's like bye. <laughs> and finally had like somewhere to lay his head down and eat and he felt safe and everything was good. Dean has to kick Cass out and then they have the audacity to give me the Wizard of Oz episode immediately afterwards with Charlie. They literally don't care about anyone. I They have a theme. They give Dean a breakup and then they send in his gay best friend. Every time. And then even when Charlie's storyline started again, she's been MIA for like two seasons at this point. Yeah. Yep. Goddamn Supernatural. Yeah, I watched that one last night, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch more later tonight. <laughs> but for now, we are recording The Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast. That's what we're doing. Yes, it is. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. I'm Evan. I'm your other host. And today we are doing... The one episode me and Amanda really don't want to do compared to the 666 episode. Season 2, episode 11, just like the Pilgrims intended. This is the one that we're going to go ahead and put a trigger warning on. Um, It spoils the end of the episode, but I'm sorry. There is a suicide attempt in this episode, and if you are not able to handle that conversation, you might just want to skip over this episode and do the next one, because shit gets heavy. Very heavy. Uh, But it aired on March 25th, 2012. One week after my 17th birthday. Written by fucking Nancy M. Pimentel and Latoya Morgan. Always comes in clutch. Nancy, sixth of 25 Shameless episodes she is, has been credited on even through like last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also wrote the Galovich and the Kevin V. Hall of Shame episodes. So we know where her corner is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's also a fun thing that happens in this episode that I, I'll talk about when we get there. And then Latoya Morgan, our tried and true season two writer, directed by Mark Myloid, 
This is the sixth of 12 Shameless episodes he has directed, including the pilot of the series. He also directed three episodes of the original Shameless series. He's a Shameless OG. He's also done Game of Thrones, Secession. He's very fancy and very, very experienced. The title of this episode, just like the Pilgrims intended, is a line that Kev says later, way later in the episode. I was really happy when I caught it. <laughs> it's like the concept of like when you're watching a movie and they say the movie title in the movie, you're like, ah, that's the movie. Uh, so yeah, at, just like the title, uh, sort of gives away, this is their Thanksgiving episode that aired in March. A traditional Gallagher family Thanksgiving includes a suicide attempt by Monica. I love how they just throw that right in the synopsis. They don't just, they warn you right away. They're like, by the way, she's gonna try to kill herself. Yeah, that's their version of a trigger warning on this one. Carl shooting a bald eagle. (laughs) A case of willing identity theft. A money grab by Frank. And Karen going into labor. They really just gave away. Like, I know it's the synopsis. But they just gave it all away. The synopsis dangles around it, not tells you every, like, key point of the story, everyone's storylines right away. Yeah, I feel like there's a better way that could have worded that that wouldn't give away everything that happens in the episode. It could have been, like, Monica has an episode at dinner, Karen's water breaks, and, like, something like that, or, like... Nope, they're just like, Carl shoots a bird. And the previously on, like we said, the rest of them for the rest of the season are done by Frank because they just ran out of other characters to pick. Uh, Even though it's like Carl, Lip, and Fiona are like the only other characters who have given us a Yeah, so far, I don't think anyone else has. Maybe Debbie, too. Definitely not Ian yet. Mm, Not Mickey yet. So Karen is giving the baby up for adoption. That's in all the previously on. Lip wants to have a say in it. Frank's mom, uh, before she died, sent money to his brothers. Not him. Not him. Monica is back. She's off her meds. Fiona is fucking furious about Monica's reappearance. Fiona kicked Lip out for dropping out of school, so he's crashing with Jimmy Steve, who is in a hotel in the area. And Jimmy Steve is not in love with the wife that he brought back with him. But he is very afraid of her dad, who runs a drug cartel. But he did find out his wife had a boyfriend that he shipped over from overseas to win Fiona back. And Monica spent the entire squirrel fund and has slipped into a depressive episode. <sighs> and that's what you missed on Shameless. Some heavy shit. So of course we open on ducks. There are some ducks peacefully swimming around in the Gallagher pool having a good Dirty time. Dirty ass pool. Until Carl and medium-sized Hank start shooting at them. <laughs> I refuse to call him Little Hank. He grew too much. Yeah, he hit puberty. (laughs) Hank is an asshole. It's his gun. And he takes both of them and won't give them to Carl and won't let Carl hold the gun. Which is the only smart thing Little Hank has ever done. Yeah, probably. But Little Hank's like, I'm going to take these two ducks and we're going to eat them for Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. So that establishes that Thanksgiving is tomorrow in this storyline. So, yeah, Carl, I'm glad Little Hank didn't hand you a gun. Nobody yeah, should hand you a gun. We know what Carl's capable of at this point. Do not give that boy a gun. Meanwhile, in the house, Monica, still in a depressive episode, will not get out of bed. Um, Debbie tries. She goes in to wake her up and tries to feed her. And she's, it's very sweet and it's very sad. It's really sad. It's so hard to watch this episode. And it doesn't work. And what we're not going to do is think about season four. That's our mantra. No, no season four here. 
downstairs, Fiona is gathering all the stuff that Grammy brought the kids, bought the kids because when Grammy was rolling in it, she was buying Xboxes, she was buying Wii's, she was buying computers and TVs. And now Monica has spent all of their squirrel fun money. So Fiona's like, well, we now have to sell all of this shit. Carl wants a gun for Christmas. And that's vetoed right away. 100% no. You'll shoot your fucking eye out. <laughs> He'll shoot his own eye out. Debbie doesn't understand what's going on with Monica. She has not been briefed on what bipolar disorder is yet. Uh, but Ian tells her that their mom has bipolar disorder. And wow, that hurt. Wow. <laughs> that hurt. Don't think about them telling Mickey that in season four. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> This entire episode gave me season four flashes, and I'm sorry for anybody who hasn't watched it yet, but, like, it's it's gonna come up. It hurts too much. I think we briefed this in, like, another episode, but I'm, like, really curious if they had the intention to kind of parallel Ian in this way in further seasons. Yeah, I wonder how far ahead they actually thought. Or I wonder if that happened in the UK version. I don't know. I know in the UK version, he does go away to military school, but I don't think he ever comes back. Hmm. Interesting. I'm never gonna watch the UK version. I've seen like two scenes of it and I just... Yeah, I think when I originally started to try to watch Shameless, I didn't know it wasn't on Netflix at the time. So I started it and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? I was like, I don't recognize any of these people. And I was like, oh, watching the wrong one. Uh, yeah, I like what I've seen of it. Like I've seen the like Ian and Mickey scenes of it. They're dirty. The they're version. dirtier than the sh- the Showtime version. I couldn't watch it. I can't do. It. It's like the British queerest folk too. Even though the British queerest folk includes, um, oh my god, Charlie Hunnam as the Justin character, I still can't do it. It's the rest of them are too gross. Uh, sorry, that no offense to people in the UK. UK shows are generally better than American shows, just not these two instances. Because uh, I think, like, the UK version of Shameless, like, in a sense, they get away with a little bit more, and, like, they're just, they're dirty, dirty. <laughs> yeah. Like, the UK skins, superior. We will never touch it. The UK office, different. And I haven't watched it recently enough to remember if it's better or not. The main guy ended up becoming the writer for the U- US version, too. Ricky Gervais, Yeah. Um, and Americans can never touch Great British Bake Off. We've tried, we fail. We make everything about money and competition and we'll never, we'll never touch the goodness that is that. But back to the US shameless. So Ian goes upstairs next to try to wake up Monica and he sits on the side of the bed and he talks to her and tries to get her to take her back to the gay bar he took her to. And fuck Evan, how am I not supposed to think about season four right now? This, like, it sucks because of how paralleled. It's so paralleled. They probably, like, in the context of, like, did they plan ahead? I'm going to say if they didn't, they definitely went back and looked on how they definitely wrote Monica and everyone else's interaction with her to parallel how I'm dealing with Ian. But it hurt so bad. It hurt so bad. God. Ugh. And downstairs, Debbie is doing research on what bipolar disorder is because she doesn't know. Season four, season four, season four. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Fiona asks, Ian comes downstairs. He can't even look at anybody. He can't talk to anybody. He runs out the back door. It's so sad what just happened upstairs with his mom not being able to get out of bed. But Ian leaves. Uh, But on his way out, Fiona asks him to take down the pool in the backyard because there's a homeless guy that has been taking a bath in it. And they're like, could you just please, I don't want to see that. Just take the pool down. Thank you. Uh, But he leaves for work 
And Fiona is on the phone with somebody trying to pick up a shift here and there at one of her thousand odd jobs. But nobody, the guy doesn't have anything for her. And then Frank comes home and says he fixed the car that Monica and Carl had crashed in the How previous How do you even get that back from Impound? Right? I, let's not ask for logic. <laughs> Uh, so Debbie and Carl complain about having to sell all of the electronics that Gr- Grammy bought them, but Fiona puts her foot down. She's like, do you want food? And would you like to remain in a home? We're going to sell your fucking laptop. Like, I understand because those kids are never treated, but I'm like, your mother stole all of your money. Give up your Xbox. You're not going to play ever, ever again. Yeah. Um, and Debbie asks, like, passive aggressively when asked to give up her laptop. She's like, is Lip coming over for Thanksgiving? But Fiona won't give her an answer. So Frank storms upstairs physically pulls monica out of bed and because he needs her to use her to go get money and okay you know what fuck it we are going to talk about season four because this is the moment that i everybody compares monica and ian because of the bipolar thing and like we said there's a lot of parallels that they put in but then they also compare monica and frank to ian and mickey and no 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 It's everything is so different, like, because when Ian was in this depressive slump, did Mickey pull him out of bed against his will and get him to do a scam with him for money? No. He took care of him. He made sure he hid all the freaking knives and he made sure everything was okay and did what he could do with the limited knowledge that he had. Frank knows what the fuck is going on. And he's like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, 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 but I need you for a thing. So, like, we can deal with this later. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I get it in the sense of a relationship parallel, but not the individual characters because like, no, you cannot put Frank and Monica at the same level as Mickey and Ian because those boys outweigh them against the odds. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what always frustrates me is when I see things like this, the selfishness that Frank has in him. And when people like, I understand the comparisons of Ian and Monica because of their similar diagnosis, but like, It's night and day. Um, Fiona sees this happening and says that Monica needs to go back on her meds. And Frank is like, no, we're not going to. I know what to do. I'm her husband. I know how to make this work. Wrong answer, Frank. Over at the Milkovich house, Lip is making a video for his son while in bed with Mandy. Because I guess he's crashing at the Milkoviches now. She is very into him. I guess they're hooking up on the regular now. This is their third time hooking up. And she says after the third time being with a guy, she says they either have to stop or figure out what they are. And Lip is barely listening to her. And I hate how he treats this woman. Yeah, I was watching like early season three, uh, like yesterday or whatever. And just watching Lip and Mandy's interaction, I was like, why did they try so hard to make them endgame? Lip was a bitch like he did care for her but every scene just made he was so annoyed by her and i was like "Mm." he treats her the way karen treats him yeah and i'm like don't do that to mandy don't do that to her i'm not justifying everything that mandy ends up doing but like could you pay attention to her like a little bit more and then over at jimmy steve's hotel room fiona is looking for lip wondering why the fuck jimmy hasn't kicked him out yet and Jimmy's like, I'm not just going to do whatever you ask me to do. And what he's doing is taking care of Lip. He's like, do you want me to kick him out onto the street? Or do you want to know your brother is, like, safe? Like, I understand her frustration and they still got beef. But, like, your brother's going to be homeless. Let him know, at least be happy that he has a roof over his goddamn head. 
And then a naked Estefania comes out of nowhere, um, jumping around like excited little girl that Marco is on his way. I guess they got him from whatever airport he was at. Yeah, because I um, think it was in, um, he went to like Florida, he was going to go to Florida like the last episode or whatever. Yeah, at the end of the last episode, I think he was in like Miami. So Fiona goes to leave and Steve says that he wants to be with her, but she can't think that she can just boss him around and he'll do whatever she wants. But, like, isn't, okay. but isn't that what he's been trying to do to her? Like, move all the fucking time and, like, make her give up so many things? Like, sir, you, you gotta, you gotta, you can't be serving what you're dishing out. Like, yeah. No, you made points. Yeah. It's complicated. They're all their bullshit is complicated. Like, I love them in the end, but I'm just like, you guys are stupid. <laughs> yeah. So in the car, driving down the street, Frank is trying to pep talk Monica out of a depressive episode, and that's just not how that works, because uh, they're going over to Clayton's house to scam him out of Grammy's money that she sent him. And he gives her some med, some upper, that'll drag her out of her episode for a hot minute and give, get her perky. Out back, Debbie and Carl are, they start to empty out the pool, but first they have to kick out the homeless man who is bathing in the pool. I forget, do you remember, um, I don't know, like, if you've even seen this because it was later seasons, but this, this, like, a man, like, bathing in their pool is, like, a reoccurring thing. I think in, like, season seven or eight, there's just, like, another homeless guy that's, like, bathing in the pool and Ian and him have, like, a conversation. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. And, um... Instead of draining the pool pool properly, Carl just hits it with a fucking axe and it just... But, like, I hate those because those pools are just tarps and, like, metal piping. Like, you don't... You just have... They have to repair the whole damn thing now. I don't even know why they have to take it all the way down because, like, the I had that same kind of pool in my backyard. You just have to drain it. Yeah, drain it and cover it. That's all you gotta yeah. do. Uh, but Carl hits the pool with an axe to empty it out, and Debbie stays behind to bond with the naked but kind homeless man, Conrad. Dig out and everything. But, like, it's because he was bathing, and she she apologizes, and he's like, it's okay, I'll go to the Y. I like, I like to bathe, I'll figure something out. And then he, like, is there, she says, she says she thinks she's depressed, and he wants to tell her about depression. And she's like, could you put, can you put pants on? <laughs> <laughs> but he seems like a nice guy, so... No, I think I like just him. because the they're such a community, they're just like, hey, what's up? We don't care. <laughs> and then over to Jimmy and Lip, they're waiting for Marco to arrive in some truck stop area. So he hops out of a truck strapped with cash. Just strapped, stacks on stacks on stacks, strapped to his chest. And he pays the driver, and then Estefania runs over and jumps on him, and they reunite. And they all, Jimmy and Lip and Marco and Estefania pile into the car. And Marco and Estefania just start fucking oh, in yeah. the backseat. Yep. He, he, freaking Lip and uh, Jimmy are just sitting in the front. No, they pull on right in the backseat. And then we cut back to Clayton's house where Frank and Monica bust inside. She is high now and a little less tired than she was earlier. So Frank and Monica double team Clayton, raiding his kitchen and annoying him and berating him about the Grammy money. And Clayton's like, I don't know what you want from me. I spent it all to catch up on bills. It's all gone. And Frank is like, okay, fine. Then I'm going to go to the bathroom and then we'll leave. It's just to leave Monica and Clayton alone together. Remember, they are Ian's parents. That's Ian's father right there. So they've hooked up before and you can tell that there's a tension between them. And she tries to seduce him. And for a hot second, it works. 
But eventually he pushes her away and rejects her. He's like, I'm married. I need you to get out of my house right now. And that, like, being rejected, like, de destroys whatever highs she had from whatever it was Frank gave her. And she fucking collapses on the floor. And, like, starts crying. This episode crying. is so rough. And Frank gets down on the floor with her and eventually, like, he, he has to, like, tell her she's beautiful and cradle her face. And then he has to, like, pick her up and haul her out of the house. Take her back to bed where she should be. And then on Jimmy and Liv's drive home, Marco and Estefania simply fucking in the back seat while they drive. And Jimmy tries to talk about Fiona with Lip and Lip points out all the ways. He's like, you know, she's not just gonna, you've proved so many times you can't be trusted. I don't know what you think is gonna happen. Yeah, like here. what does he expect? Like he's upped and left and told so many lies. Like there's not much more he can try to put on the table. Jimmy asks, or Lip asks Jimmy to pull over and let him out of the car. He's like, I'm too horned up. I can't, I cannot be in this car anymore. So Jimmy tries to ask Lip to go home and Lip doesn't give him an answer, but gets out of the car. And then we go to the Jackson house, uh, where, where Sheila. Sheila and Karen are prepping. Remember last time, uh, Sheila has been fucking Jody. Yes, their their little uh, shindig is starting. So they're prepping Thanksgiving dinner, and Sheila is playing very nice, saying Karen can have whatever she wants for dinner. And Karen drops that she knows that Sheila fucked Jody. <laughs> She's like, I know you had sex with him. Like, and Sheila's like, What? No. What no way. Are you what do you mean? But then she apologizes and says it was an accident. And Karen's like, his dick accidentally fell inside of you? Like, what? And then to break up that conversation, Lip comes over and Karen tells Sheila, just take Jody off of her hand. And she calls Jody in from the tent. Oh my God. <laughs> and then Lip's like, Karen, we need to, we need to talk. She's like, what, did you fuck my mom too? And he said, yeah, payback's a bitch. I, yeah, I love you, Lip. <laughs> Good line. Jody comes running in because he thinks the baby is coming because he's been called into the house. But no, he just gets permission to help Sheila in the kitchen. And Sheila's like, <gasps> it's like when Kristen Wiig gets super like nervous on S. <laughs> That's the vibe. She's like, what? No, what do you mean? It's so cute. And so Lip asks like who, who the parents are that Karen picked, where the baby's going. And Karen's like, oh, it's giving to the parents that gave me more money. And Lip's like, yeah, but I liked that that other couple seemed like they would be better parents. And Karen's like, fine, I'm getting a C-section Friday anyway. I'll pick fucking whoever. So she like calls the one set of parents that she had already promised the baby to and lies and fake cries about wanting to keep the baby herself. Yeah. She hangs up the phone, turns that off. And it's like, all right, give me the next number. I'll tell the other people that the baby is there. It's like, you monster. You monster, but damn her power. <laughs> And then over back at the Gallagher's, Fiona is carving something into the shape of a turkey. I think it's Spam. I think it is Spam. Like some, yeah. That she's carving into the shape of a turkey so that they could have a turkey-shaped thing on Thanksgiving. Because they don't have money for a turkey. Because turkeys are fucking expensive. They're really expensive. Uh, Debbie comes inside from taking down the pool. She took down half of it. And she's like, Carl, you have to fucking finish the other half. Fiona also baked a couple of pies to sell to some old ladies for 20 bucks a piece. I, I thought that was cute. Genius. But damn, $20 for a pie? That's not that bad. For a home-baked pie? Okay. I guess I'm not a pie person, so I'm not really, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, a homemade pie, 20 bucks, because that'll feed, like, your whole family. True. So Debbie says she tells Fiona about the chat she had with Conrad, the homeless man that, chat, that bathes in their pool. And she said that chat opened her eyes on depression and she no longer thinks she has it. And Fiona's a little concerned about the conversation with the naked homeless man, but she brushes past it. She's like, okay, if Debbie's like over this, then fine. Yeah, might as well. 
And Demi says it usually skips a generation, and if not, the odds are one in five. <sighs> Debbie predicts it'll be Lip and lays down a guilt trip about the fact that he, like, has been kicked out, so it's more likely he will get depression. And, like, once again, we ask, were they planning the whole time? Yeah, were they planning the whole time that it was Liam? I mean, Liam. <laughs> Ian. <laughs> Like, were they, were they planning that or did they simply make that decision at the end of season I don't know, three? personally to you, before, like, obviously season four and, like, minus him upping and going to the army, did you notice any small things that were kind of going to imply that Ian was going to have a spiral? Not in season two. In season three, going back into season three, yes. Especially after the, tra- the trauma of episode six. But no, not as far back as season two. Except for, like, the comment in the pilot that he's more like Monica than Frank could ever know. Yeah, and then obviously finding out that, like, he's not related to Frank and stuff like that, so. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder, because, like, do you think, like, because obviously he does go off into, like, the army military, quote-unquote, do you think they were using that as the build-up to bring in Ian back with having like a bipolar episode or whatever do you think that was the original intention or do you think that might have just been another switcheroo because the way it ended off didn't seem like he was going through it while he was applying and stuff but um it wasn't and then he was MIA for like what like the first three first six episodes he's not in season four that's because he was on Gotham so I think it was a combination of Yes, I do think at the end of season three, they thought that this is what they were going to do to him. Because, like, the the army... I'm sorry that we're skipping ahead and talking about season three, and that's going to be in just a couple of weeks, but, like... But, like, this also has... It, it gives a lot of more retrospect to what we deal with in later seasons, so it is it is informative. <laughs> this is not a spoiler-free podcast, if you guys haven't figured yeah, out. Yeah, you've been new. We're almost at two seasons, and you know this is not spoiler-free. <laughs> um... I think by the time they made that decision in season three, they had decided, yes, that that's what they were going to do with him because it gave them that leeway of him disappearing for a while and like a reason to bring him back is a mental break. I think, so yeah, season three to four, I think the plan was there. I just don't know if it was there now. I would like to know, but there's no consistency on this show. So I don't even know what writer we would even ask. gone for like- a whole half a season like yeah. they had a lot of build up to brainstorm to think to bring him back with yeah because that was that was his longest arc on gotham i think was during season four of shameless um uh, in season two or three of gotham yeah and then he was recurring on gotham a little later on yeah but i think that that was a workout of timing too because that there was no interruption in shameless for him to do that just like um fucking Emma is doing the Connors right now, too. No, there was, though, when he went to uh, jail in season nine. No, no. That was... he. Gotham was already done by then. Oh, shit, was it? Yeah, he had already shot it. It finished It finished its season, like, a month after his final season nine thing aired. It was, like, almost immediately after. I never watched Gotham, so I had no fucking clue. <laughs> I love Gotham. It's so terrible. I love it. I remember, like, when, like, uh, Cameron first went on, I watched a couple compilations of his scenes, but otherwise I haven't seen the show at all. Did you see the shameless Twitter made a joke about it? They they put the, the screenshot of the Joker over Mickey's shoulder and Ian, and they went, why so serious, Cam? Shut the fuck up. They knew what they were doing. So, like, just like we said, like, they were fucking with him. Anyway, back into season two. Back to season two. 
Uh, so Fiona leaves Lip a message saying, I hope that you know you're invited to Thanksgiving dinner. And then we get a really cool transition of her leaving that message to him hearing that message walking down the hotel hallway. It was very cool, very clever. Jimmy is in the room blaring the hotel television uh, and Lip's like, why the fuck is this stereo up so loud? So Jimmy mutes it and all you can hear is Estefania and Marco fucking. Yep. It's apparently, <laughs> so funny. Apparently they've been fucking and fighting on and off ever since they got back. And Jimmy is just sitting there in the room listening to it. Like, you know you have the option to get up and leave. Right. I feel like it's a weird studio hotel apartment. Like, have you, did you notice that too? It's like all one room. but it's- Except there is a separate bedroom that Lip goes into. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah, he goes into a separate bedroom that's in the hotel room and sets up the camcorder again so he can finish the message that he's going to leave for his son. And God damn it, Lip was always going to be a great dad. Freddy. Oh, Freddy. Love of my life, Freddy. I love that baby. That one episode when it was just like Freddy and Lip the entire episode, I that baby is the cutest thing in the entire world. The bathtub scene in season 10. Oh my God. That's the scene that like reminded me that Jeremy was a fresh dad too. Like that. Oh my God. It's the so one good. thing I hate about that scene though is when Frank's like, you should get some sleep. And I'm like, fuck you, Frank. Fuck you, fuck Frank. Frank. Fuck you, Frank. Uh, but Lip was always going to be a great dad and this message he's leaving for his kid proves it. Like, you can come and see me. I'm all, I am always want to be here for you. Here are some life tips. Like, it's so sweet. I love it. And, like, he leaves the door open for the kid to ever get in touch with him if he ever wants to. Again, Lip still doesn't know whether or not this is even his child. Karen still hasn't given a definite answer. She's like, it maybe he could be yours. He's offering a, to be a father to this kid if the kid wants him to. <laughs> what a good guy. Right? Because he didn't have a good father figure in his life, so he wants to be a good one, even if it's not his kid. It's really upsetting. Um, when he finishes his message, he hears Marco in the other room. There's no more fucking. It's just Marco yelling about the fact, and we see subtitles, Estef- he's mad that Estefania and Steve have had sex. And she's like, he was my husband. Like, what do you want from me? Marco has a corkscrew stuck in his ass. Yeah, that, that boy's punctured. Not not like in his butt. No, it's stabbed in his butt. Yeah. And he's like standing there with his foot on Jimmy's chest as Jimmy lays on the ground with a corkscrew in his ass. And Lip's like, does that hurt? And Marco's like, does what hurt? What, what are you talking about? And so Lip acts as a translator because Jimmy Steve has no fucking idea why this naked man is suddenly screaming at him. And he's like begging for his life from Marco. And Jimmy uh, Lip's like, he's mad because you and Estefania have fucked. And that's what he's angry about. So Jimmy's like, you know what? We'll clear this up. Uh, Marco, take my ID and my passport. Um, Take my identity and disappear with Estefania. So if her dad ever comes looking, she'll still be married to a man with my name. will still be married to a Steve. You sort of look like me. Just take it and go. <laughs> and honestly, that's not a bad plan. Change the picture on the ID and you're golden. So, and then Lip and Jimmy Steve get their shit and they get the fuck out of the room. And Lip's like, what was that? And Steve's like, you told me to do something bold to get Fiona back. That was, that was it. So that, that, that's going to get Fiona back. 100%. Well, it does shuck his wife off of him entirely. Oh, but he's still a douchebag. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the backyard, Carl is finishing tearing down the pool when a police car chase speeds by and the bad guy that is being chased by the police throws a bag of drugs and an automatic weapon 
that land at Carl's feet. Just, just a, like a, like an automatic weapon with an enormous clip and a, a Ziploc. Right at his feet. Ziploc gallon bag of drugs that just get thrown at Carl's feet. And so Carl picks up the gun and the drugs, throws the drugs over his shoulder and keeps walking. My guy, your family needs money and that's a bag of free drugs. Yeah, drugs are literally no problem in, in the Gallagher household. Walk them in, they'll be like, okay, cool, there's dinner. <laughs> like, I guarantee you, you have somebody that will buy that bag of free drugs from you. You want to get sad? Um, so later that night, we see Ian standing outside a gay club, contemplating whether or not he should go in by himself. Uh, when he is preyed upon by yet another older man who only wants to use him for his body. I hate this, but at least Ned is dead now. <sighs> and fun fact, Nancy M. Pimentel wrote this episode. Nancy M. Pimentel wrote the Galovich episode. She introduced us to Ned Lishman. She murdered Ned Lishman. Yes. So this is our very first introduction to our big boy Ned. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for just dropping that in, but it, in season 11, it is mentioned offhandedly that Ned is no longer living. Um, so Nancy put him in, she took him out, she cleaned up her mess. It makes it her. seem like Ned was such a significant character. Like, no, you see Ned for about two seasons, and then he's forgotten about for about six seasons, and then he's brought up again in the Hall of Shame, so... Like, like in, in passing. And literally in a one, in a two-sentence combo. Uh, so yeah, the, the guy's like, oh, look at you, Red, you're cute, you come on in the club with me. Fuck, fuck you, fuck you. Back at home... Uh, Frank is dragging Monica back inside and starting to show the only compassion he has ever been capable of showing. And he leaves her in the living room so he can go get a beer. And she crawls into the crawl space under the stairs and says, I don't want to be me anymore. <sighs> Why is Chloe Webb so good at this? Chloe Webb is such a good actor and she hurts me every single time. Depressed Monica just just tears at your heart. It is so sad. It is so monumentally sad to watch. And Frank crawls under the stairs with her. He tries to like move her out, but she won't move. And so then he just starts to sing to her. And if they weren't so fucked up, it would be sweet. Mm-hmm. If I didn't hate both of them, I would feel more <laughs> feelings. And then over at Ned's, we, by the way, we in the show have not received a name for this guy yet. We just know that this guy is Ned Lishman. So oh, that's, yes. So yeah. he is just unnamed older gay man Ian has fucked so far. He has yeah. not been introduced with a name. And then at his condo, this is a scene that I described off mic to Evan and Sebastian. It reminded, like, Showtime is the network that did Queer as Folk. And this scene reminds me of, like, Brian Kenny's apartment in Queer as Folk. It's, like, so lavish and over the top. And, like, an older man hooking up with a younger man. Although with a wildly different age gap. Uh, and, like, it it was just so Brian and Justin that I couldn't tear that out of my brain. <laughs> Except Ned wishes he was Brian Kinney. He wishes. What did we say that guy's name was? It's Harry Hamlin. Harry Hamlin wishes he was Gail Harold, which is a hard name to say. Uh, but at Ned's condo, Ian is fully naked, standing in a floor-to-ceiling window, and Ned lies and says he does real estate, or we are given the information that this man Ian is hooking up with sells real estate and lives in Miami, and this is just one of his company's condos. Mm -hmm. Ian asks if he can stay the night, and the guy says, yeah, if you're ready for round three, you're a predator. You're a predator. Yeah. Mm, ew. 
This kid is 16. You're a predator. Uh, but they, but Ian is, like, in good spirits, so they wrestle. They, like, they... do, like, a weird little, like, wrestle together on the bed, and I'm like, I don't like that. I hate <laughs> it. Oh my god, your cup. <laughs> I just noticed it. It's for, my little... For our listeners, cup. she has a Canada Dry in a little, like, what is it, a leprechaun hat? <laughs> it's a leprechaun koozie. I put it in here so I don't knock my sodas over, because it's, like, bottom heavy. It's got, like, the brim of a hat. It's a hat for a leprechaun. I love that. <laughs> so, back at the Gallagher's, Jimmy knocks on the door and announces, like, I kicked Lip out! And... Again, Fiona's like, okay, cool. So that means I have to take you back now because you did the thing I asked you to do. But then she drops the fight almost immediately. And just, yep. And just, they... She just kisses him. (laughs) Yeah, they just, they just start kissing. But she breaks it off after a second. Like, after that, that, like, wild, frantic energy they have when they kiss. And then she, like... They always do that. It's, like, so intense so fast. And then they're like, nope, stop. Hard wall. And he asks, can I stay over? Can I sleep on the couch uh, so I can be here for Thanksgiving in the morning? And she's like, fine. Fine. I agree to that. That, like, little bit of self-preservation she's got. And then speaking of Lip, uh, he's throwing rocks at Mandy's window asking for a place to stay. She thinks it's because he wants to see her. And I swear to God, I can't watch him break this woman's heart. He just keeps on doing it. Uh, The next morning... Starts with a bang when Carl shoots a fucking bald eagle. How did yeah, he even he, just his aim? He got it. He got a bald eagle. Like he thought it was like a crow or a duck or something. And Conrad, the homeless man, is like, "No, that's a fucking bald eagle you just killed." Jimmy gets woken up by happy Thanksgiving activity with V laughing in the kitchen and everybody's like doing a thing, and he tells everybody to call him Jimmy from now on. That's the name. Call me Jimmy. And Fiona has a cute-ass, like, turkey hat on her head, and Debbie and Carl have matching hats. It's very cute. And Kev is plucking feathers off of the bald eagle, because they've decided to eat it for dinner. Yep. Because <laughs> that's a bird. You can eat that for Thanksgiving. And the they find out that the eagle was, like, let go from a sanctuary, has never been outside of captivity, and it has a tracker on its leg, and tampering with the tracker is punishable by law. That's so funny that it literally is like a tracked <laughs> So Kev takes a cleaver and hacks the foot off with the tracker on it and hands it to Carl and says, run it away from the house. Get it away from here. Hide the evidence. So he does. And Jimmy is very much objecting to eating bald eagle. And Kev says the episode of the title, like holding up a bu- the symbol of America. It's like, just like the pilgrims intended. Mm-hmm. Eating an illegal bird. Yep. I can't imagine bald eagle would even taste very good. I don't think it is. I think they're not even a very, like, meaty bird. They're a very, like, muscular bird. Yeah, that can't be tasty. Meanwhile, Monica and Frank are still asleep under the stairs. Nobody has noticed that they're under the stairs yet. But he wakes up and tries to have sex with her because he's a creep. And he even uses her limp hand to try and jerk himself off, but she won't do it because she's in a depressive episode. You absolute asshole. Bitch o'clock. And that's when he finally realizes it's time for her to go back on her meds. Yeah, no fucking shit, dude. And then over at the Milkovich house, Mandy wakes up, uh, makes, she wakes Lip up by asking him when they should tell Ian that they are a thing. And Lip artfully dodges that question. And Iggy and Joey, Mandy's brothers, burst into her room and demand she does a beer run for them. 
all these Milkoviches in one room and no Mickey. It's it's a fucking shame. And we get we're given so much Milkovich besides the one man we need. <laughs> yeah. She tells that she's like completely naked holding her boobs with her hands to cover up. And she tells them to fuck off and Lip's like, I'll do it. I'll go on the beer run. Let's, I'll do that for you. Just to get out of the room so he doesn't have to talk about relationship stuff with Mandy. Because he's what? He's avoiding the question. Yep. At the Jacksons, Frank is breaking in when a very happy and satisfied Jody and Sheila come down the stairs. And I hear the words, I didn't know you could do that with a turkey baster. Uh. Jody. Jody. They're in some kinky shit already. I Because remember, he's a sex addict and she's just a kinky motherfucker. Yeah, she's just a hardcore top. Hardcore top. And Frank says he's there to wish them a happy Thanksgiving. And Sheila's like, yeah, but where the, where the fuck have you been? And he and Sheila sort of have like a breakup conversation because she's like, I know Monica is back and I've been sleeping with Jody. So, and Frank's like, pretends to be upset about it that she would betray him in such a way and he's like you know what i'm gonna need probably is antidepressants you have lithium right and sheila gives in she's like fucking whatever sure i'll go get you some and so she goes to open up her med drawer and karen's water breaks wow perfect timing which thrills sheila and while sheila and jody are fussing over karen and her water breaking frank just takes the entire drawer of pills and just robs them blind Yep, back with Lip, he waits in the car with while the Milkovich boys go into the liquor store, and Mandy, who adores Lip, like, it is, she loves this guy. She tries to make plans for the week, she's like, you want to go see a movie this week? What are you doing? Oh, Karen's having her baby on Friday? What time? Maybe we could do something after. Like, she's, like, so sweet and just wants to hang out. And then she tries to blow him while her brothers are in the store. And he's object- objecting because, like, your brothers are right there. Your brothers are robbing the liquor store. And she, he's like, I thought this was a beer run. She's like, it's code. They meant they were going to rob the fucking liquor store. I don't know what you expected. God damn it. And so they get shot. Like, the car gets shot at by the owner of the liquor store. And so Lip gets out of the fucking car. He's like, fuck you. I did not sign up for this. He gets up and just starts running down the street and Mandy shifts over into the driver's seat and starts like driving after him, yelling at him. She's pissed. She's like, you're just going to fuck me and leave? Like your brothers are committing a crime. Carl Lip wants to get away from this. And it that almost, it parallels that almost in a sense in season, I think it's season four when, um, season five. Uh, you know what I'm talking about with uh, Mickey and uh, the other guys, and when they go shoot up the uh, convenience store, they just sh- what it was the like coffee shop that was being built, and they call it the pussy. <laughs> That's when Mickey was in not a great place. Yeah, no, that was super depressed, Mickey. I miss yep. that. I miss that one guy who was hanging out with them, like the tall blonde guy who worked with Lip on the construction site. And then what with them, the shoot guns. He was a cool, he was just like a background character. But I was like, where did he yeah. go? He was cool. <laughs> was like another middle-aged guy who was semi-interesting, not just a drunk in a bar. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, back in season two, Mandy is pissed. And her, she like drives away a little bit, but then her brothers run and catch up and get in the car. And she's the getaway driver now. And when they speed away and Lip starts hearing sirens, he gets the call that Karen is in labor. Back at the Gallagher's, they're staring down at the bird trying to figure out how to cook a bald eagle. But that's when Jimmy comes in with a, just a turkey. He's like, I went to the grocery store and I bought a turkey because what the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah, how are they even going to prepare that bird? <laughs> 
But then alternative question, if you just bought that from the grocery store, ain't that shit frozen? I think, I think, uh, Grocery stores, like, times closer to Thanksgiving, I think they don't put them in the freezer section. I think they probably remove them and put them more refrigerated. Mm, probably. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'm not eating a bald eagle. And Kev's like, well, we're not throwing it away. And he gives a big grand speech about it being the symbol of American freedom. And he's like, I'm just going to put it in the fucking freezer. We'll eat it tomorrow. <laughs> Over at the hospital, Karen is in the middle of labor and Sheila is there at the hospital, which is not her own home. And Sheila's thrilled about it. She's like, I'm out of the house. I'm out of the house. I'm so proud of her. Back at the Gallagher's, Fiona is setting the table when Ian comes home because he was out all night and nobody noticed. She's just now noticing. She's like, were you out all night? He's like, yeah. You didn't notice that your little brother was gone all night? Okay. Your 16-year-old brother's been gone all night. But he lays on the cute and says he wasn't going to miss a family holiday. So she gives him a hug acknowledges his hickey and tells him to go wash up. Again, I say, if Fiona had been made aware of the older men that were preying on her brother, would she have done anything about it? One billion percento. Could we know how defensive she gets with Debbie in those corners and scenarios and past and previous episodes, but like, I mean, past in um, uh, other episodes. But, like, yeah, that, uh-uh. I feel like she would have definitely given him, like, a talk. Been like, you're better than this. <laughs> but she tells, she's just happy he's home. And she tells him to go wash up. And then Frank comes home and gives Monica her meds with a beer. But nice try. And Fiona, that's when they notice that Monica is under the stairs. She's like, well, how the fuck, how long has she been under the stairs like that? So Fiona drags her out from under the stairs. Again, stop dragging her around. She Just let her be. But she drags her out from under the stairs and Frank tells her she looks beautiful. She is crying. And Fiona's like, somebody sit her at the table. We're all going to sit at the table and eat dinner together. But in, before we get to that, over to the hospital. Lip runs in. He sees the adoptive parents and gives them the tape he made for the baby. And it's like, if you ever find it appropriate, will you give this to him? Mm-hmm. I think that was so sweet. And like they, for that part, were very sweet about that. And they were like, yeah. And they took the tape. And then Lip goes in to the delivery room and while simultaneously they, they cut back and forth, he goes into the delivery room and Kev brings the bird to the table at the Gallagher's uh, dinner table. They have a pretty large spread too, which I'm really surprised about. Right? Kevin V must have kicked in a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, Frank says grace and then they start in on the food and somewhere in the chaos of everybody handing around food and doing this and that, Monica, who is sitting next to Ian, gets up and says into Ian's ear, I'm just going to go wash my hands. And gets up and sneaks off into the kitchen. And so they're all eating happily. Debbie's homeless friend Conrad comes in and they're like, the more the merrier. Come and sit down and have a plate. I thought that was so sweet. <laughs> right? Because at their core. My friend Conrad and they were like, oh, hi. Like, they all just like didn't care. <laughs> Like, oh, hi, Conrad. Yeah, come in. Have a plate of, like, because at their core, there are good people. Even if they do shitty things, there are good people. So Kev insists they're going to, they're still going to eat the eagle at some point, Kev brings up again. And they all laugh and uh, they're having a good time. And then they hear a crash from the kitchen and they go in the kitchen and find Monica bleeding out on the floor. And Steve is the one that jumps into action. He grabs towels. He holds pressure on the wounds V takes the kids and gets them out and Frank goes mute while Fiona calls 911 
and she's like trying to ask Frank, like, what did she take? What did you give her? And he just fucking walks away. But Jimmy, Steve, and Kev are the ones on the floor holding pressure on her wounds, holding down her legs, because they are good men. Yeah, they like really, like, I'm surprised how fast, like, uh, Jimmy Steve like sprung into action compared to all of them because like god everyone else is in shock and he's like fuck I need to help this woman that's the one thing I've remembered about him through all of the series like all of the fucked up shit he's done all of the like precarious situations Jimmy gets himself into he saw Monica bleeding out on the floor and was the first and only one to jump in and do something about it he like holds her arms together and tells her he's like you're gonna be okay everything's gonna be okay like and she's just sobbing it's so, and of course, Kev too. Kev is there holding down her legs like, oh, oh my God. While Fiona and V like tend to the kids. And uh, then we join everybody at the hospital, still shocked, sitting in the ER, just kind of like staring at their hands. Nobody can reach lip, but they hear from the doctor, Monica didn't die. She's been stabilized, but she's sedated and they have to hold her for 72 hours. They all take that in they swallow the news because they're probably she's on suicide watch now yeah when you when you attempt a suicide and get taken to the hospital you get kept for 72 hours no matter what um and then jimmy steve's like well a little bit of good news i got lip on the phone and she's like oh is he coming he's like he's upstairs karen is having her baby so so they all immediately forget and all their moods change and they get up and run They run to the delivery room. They're like, what a coincidence. We're already at the hospital. And they run up to the delivery room. Karen, as usual, is being a bitch and demanding drugs. Now she's just a bitch who's in labor, who's got like a reason to be a bitch. And Sheila tries to coach her through it. And then all of the Gallagher's burst in. No hospital would let this many people in. They have Liam, Debbie, and Carl. So there's also like babies there too. No, no hospital would have given all of them all of the gowns and caps and stuff and let that many people into an active delivery room. Oh my god, your comment, I despise this shot. I'm all for a good birth and scene in a show, but what we don't need to see is a fake vagina and a baby coming out of it. I hated it. Why did we need that? So unnecessary. We already know she's having the baby, but just... That's all we need to know. We don't need to see that gross. (laughs) And they cut back to it like three times. The miracle life, beautiful. That shot, (laughs) unnecessary. So we see Karen give birth and then the baby comes out. Everybody is thrilled because there's a new baby in the world. But Karen immediately shuts down once the baby is out. And the doctors have the baby and they, they, everybody kind of gets quiet and they notice something, um, he has Down syndrome. He's got the facial features that indicate that he has Down and syndrome. I think Debbie makes a comment. She goes, what's wrong with him? And then Fiona's like, he has Down syndrome, Debs. And then it is also made very clear that Lip could not possibly be the father because this baby is also Asian. Yes. And Karen is not Asian, nor is Lip. So very low likelihood that this is Lip's son. All and of so their the do- face, they're all just so just like shocked and you can see lip is so defeated the energy in that room was such a roller coaster it was like crazy 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 and then everybody's screaming happy and then just like plummeting down but meanwhile sheila's like i think he's beautiful i think he's perfect Uh, i love her (laughs) oh my god she's such a good grandmother already 
and the doctor cleans the baby up and like there's nothing physically like that they have to take care of wrong with him. They just see he has Down syndrome and that was the thing but like otherwise he's fine. And so she tries to get Karen to hold him but she says fuck no take that kid away from me. I don't want to touch it. And then Lip asks uh, like what the fuck what the fuck? I thought you said the kid was mine. And she said no I never said that. What a bitch. So she's like go get the adoptive parents and tell them to pick up their fucking kid. And we don't get dialogue but we see a scene he goes out into the hallway and you can see like it's like we are down the hall just sort of watching it happen and he tells them that you can he obviously tells them the news and the mom starts crying and she gives lip the tape back and she shakes her head at her husband and she runs away so like Uh, you know i think i think uh it's she walks away and then the husband i think hands him the tape back while yeah. she's already like halfway down the hall and then he runs out after her and like I, I'm so like I don't know like I understand their frustration so much in a sense but like god damn like fuck Karen fuck Karen and like yeah that's like a whole other conversation of like if you're adopting a child and then you found that the child has a has down syndrome or another another condition like that and then they immediately don't want the kid anymore because it's not, like, a perfect child. Yeah, because, like, like, it's also in the sense, like, you're told one thing and then you expect, but you you expect one thing and then you're given, like, the complete opposite. So, like, I think it's more so not in, like, they don't want to take on the responsibility. It's just, like, this isn't what they wanted. This isn't, like, not saying, like, no one wants him. Just, like, yeah. that's not what they were, like, expecting and holding on to and just have that, like, kind of taken away in a sense but i feel like if from the get-go if it was communicated they'd be like hell yeah let's let's get this baby started yeah yeah like if karen had gone to doctor's appointments and found out at all um that's also really surprising because i feel like a lot of the times um with like because of the advance and like medical stuff like that you they can project sometimes with if there's something wrong with the fetus inside like sometimes they can project them having down syndrome before they're even born so i'm surprised like Obviously, maybe Shameless didn't put too much thought into it. Like, if she went to a doctor's appointment and they made a comment about saying, like, something's off or your baby has this percentage of being born with this, like, I'm I'm interested if that was something, but I knowing Shameless, their brains were not even anywhere that deep. <laughs> and, of course, that's not, like, saying that a, somebody born with Down syndrome has anything, like, wrong with them. It is yeah, just... No, a, no, no. Yeah. I'm just saying in the sense of just she easily could have had the situation handled so much better if she just would have been communicative and or maybe not smoke weed and and not do the things you're not supposed to do when you're pregnant god damn karen just is a a whole list of bad decisions but this baby i love this baby the the amount we get to see of this baby the i've we learn his name in future episodes, obviously, but Jaime is the cutest baby in the entire world. And just watching Sheila be like, ah, love her. I'm right, sorry, we're getting ahead of that part, but no, but I love this baby. So yeah, this this these parents obviously aren't going to take on, or in this scene we see them walk away. This is clearly showing us the adoption has fallen through. So Fiona comes out into the hallway and she just looks at Lip and she tries to walk towards him and he turns and runs away. And Jimmy grabs her. He's like, let him go. Let him walk. Let him walk out of this. Um, So Lip storms outside, rips up the tape that he made for the baby, 
throws it away and walks off into the night. And like, yeah, you know what? He's got to walk this off. Yeah, he needs a book. He needs a he needs a little break. <laughs> yeah. At the bar, Frank is drinking his Monica sorrows away because he's a piece of shit. And then he gets up and walks out uh, and walks around at night. Um, and no, we're not going to think about Mickey holding Ian's jacket to him while falling on the floor of the Milkovich house. That's what we're not. We're, we're not, not going to think about. about. We're not thinking about season four. Never heard of it. Season four? Nope. Mm, don't know her. Don't nope. know her. Such a good season. Don't know her, though. <laughs> don't know her. Don't know her. Season five, too? We don't know her. Who's that? But Frank is walking around. Again, this is not me comparing Mickey to Frank. They are not the same person. No. Just parallels, not comparison. It's just parallels. Yeah. Uh, at the hospital, Sheila is enacting a mission. We cut back and forth from Frank walking around to Sheila around the hospital. Sheila steals the baby, which she she didn't have to do that. That's her grandchild. She just could have taken him. <laughs> but Jody is outside waiting on his motorcycle to drive Getaway. And fuck, I love them. Sheila runs out, holding a baby in her arm and clutching around Jody's waist on the back of a motorcycle as they drive away. Like, what? Steal a baby on a motorcycle. The most powerful... That's the most powerful scene in Shameless by far. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. We cut to credits and there's no after credit sequence. The end of this episode is Sheila steals the baby. As much of an intense episode this is, like the ending of it is so hard, like lighthearted and so just like sweet because we're like, she loves this baby so much. So yeah, this episode is a lot. It's a lot. And like, there's so much happening in this episode. And then the next episode feels so slowed down in comparison but I feel like, I, I think they aired these oh, like a week apart, but I feel like they could have aired like a two hour finale and this and the next episode would have made a cohesive thing with each other. Because the next episode starts immediately after this one ends. Like it starts that night, which is I think the first time that Shameless has ever done that. Is like we, we end the episode and the next episode is like an hour or two later. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Maybe they do. Maybe they possibly could do it later seasons, but I feel like this is the first time like that transition from episode to episode like is like it's pretty it's pretty smooth. Yeah. So what did you think of this one? We all know how we feel time, right? about the ups and downs of it, but I feel like as if you take away a lot of the whole Monica sadness and depression and stuff like that, it's a really good episode, and I feel like it's it's pretty strong for a lot of characters too. In a way, I feel we got. We got some E in this episode, which was nice, but it was very minimal, but it was also, like, it's it's a start of an Ian storyline, which is, like, nice to know now. <laughs> yeah. Um, sad about Mandy, because that girl can't catch a break. And then, yeah, and then just Sheila stealing the baby. That's the that's probably my favorite, the best part that could have come out of this episode is just Sheila and Jody. <laughs> yeah. Everything about the Monica situation makes me sad. Um, but, yeah, I liked the... Re- the rest of it sets itself up for a really good finale. Everything everything happening with Lip breaks my fucking heart. It breaks my heart. Because, for the record, yes, he was too young to be a dad in, in this season. But he would have been... He would have been such a good dad. I'm so glad he doesn't have a baby with Karen because Karen is the worst. She's the worst. But I liked it. I really liked this episode. This It breaks my heart. It's the hardest one in season two to watch by far. If you take away just the main Thanksgiving part, 
it's a good episode. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the first and only holiday-based episode we ever get. I'm trying to think. Besides birthdays, I want to say you are right. Yeah, like they did like a little Christmas thing at the end of season two. That little like Christmas video that they put up that they shared again around Christmas time this year. Mm-hmm. But that's Do it. Do anything else. I'm trying to think if the alibi ever held like a thingy. Did they, they possibly have like a Valentine's Day episode, but like that's not even like a holiday. Oh yeah. And I guess earlier on there was the St. Patrick's Day episode. But I, but yeah, but at the same time, like I wouldn't consider those like holidays. Like when you're thinking holidays, you're like what? Christmas, Easter. I mean, I consider St. Patrick's Day a holiday because it's the day before my birthday. My Irish ass, and it's the day before my birthday. So I'm like, that's my favorite holiday. Um. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even, like, I think, like, season two is when we get a bunch of it. Because, like, the mention of Halloween, like, the episode prior or whatever. So, like, I don't even ever think we have, like, a another Halloween episode when, like, they're dressed up and they're blah, blah, blah. Everybody was convinced we were going to get a Halloween episode this season. Well, it's not going to happen. But, no, the timing in Shameless Universe isn't real right now. Well, it's because everybody thought that them looking at costumes at the dollar store was for a Halloween thing, but it was for Franny's birthday. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Oh, we did just find out that we're going to get a Fiona Hall of Shame, though. Oh, I didn't see that. Did Were you guys talking about that in the chat that I might have missed? Yeah, we're going to get Fiona Hall of Shame. Um, And some people are like, she's going to come back. I was like, no, probably one of them mentions that they called her or something and they just start to reminisce about Fiona. Yeah, I was about to say, it's probably going to be like, one of them starts talking about her or like they all like talk about her together and like they just kind of like go down memory lane. Yeah. I yeah, I don't think she's going to come back. Yeah, I know. I don't think no Emmy wouldn't come back at all. Unless they like are it, and they've kept it a secret, but I don't I don't expect her coming back. She's too busy being a queen on Instagram. Yeah. And at this point like I just don't think it would be worth it to even risk it to bring her back. Like, for her own health, I don't think it would be worth for, it. For, like, what? It'd basically, from midway season nine-ish to now, it'd be, like, a little more than a season. Like, that would be no, there'd be no reason to bring her back so far gone already. Like, the most I could probably imagine if she wanted to, like, make a cameo in the finale is, like, a phone call or a Skype or something. Like, uh, but maybe, I like, think... I would, like, maybe, like, hear her voice or something or, like... It ending with her, like, showing up, like, hey. Yeah, or, like, literally something Emmy could film in her own home, like, like on a Zoom with the kids or something. Ooh. Right? I feel like that's the safest way to do it, number one, and the one that would make the most Be sense. promoting Zoom, especially in, like, what I was told about the Hall of Shame, like, how, like, the kids are, like, actively using it up for school and stuff like that, so. Yeah. Don't you wish we could go back to a time where none of us knew what the fuck Zoom was? God, fuck Zoom. I'm glad that I'm not in school, so I haven't, I, the only reason I've used it is not for school purposes. <laughs> I've just used it to, like, talk to my friends. <laughs> like, I remember back in March where people were like, oh yeah, I gotta hop on a Zoom call. I'm like, what the fuck is Zoom? What are you talking about? But, yeah, sorry, that was our season 11 speculation corner. Um, yeah, so we're gonna get one about Frank, one of, the next, so we got Ian and Mickey, Kevin V, uh, Lip, we're gonna get Liam, Carl, and Debbie, Frank, and Fiona. 
I'm very here for Liam, Carl, and Debbie's all being put in the same one because I don't want an hour of Carl or an hour of Debbie. I feel like because they're still so young, they haven't had a storyline that's been very present with them for such Especially a Especially Liam. Yeah, like for one storyline that they could center like a whole episode about. And like, isn't it like a... It's focused on Liam, too, because it's, like, Carl and Debbie helping Liam with something. Yeah. And Christian Isaiah's only even been there for, what, two, three seasons? I think he joined in season eight. Season eight or nine, I think, was when he, like, <coughs> joined the cat. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they could. there wouldn't be enough material to do a whole hour on Liam. But, like, I'm so glad we're not doing a whole hour of Carl or a whole hour of Debbie. Okay. They've already pulling the lip episode about being with its kids so they wouldn't want to make debbie's to be like revolving with franny so i feel like that's me that's debbie's main storyline right now is just the whole franny bullshit so like there uh, we already had a whole franny episode like there's not like need for like the same parallel of lip and lips yeah yeah like carl debbie and fran carl liam and franny are the only quote-unquote kids that she has left to take care of in the house and like carl barely but so yeah, that was, we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen, and I don't even- expect. <laughs> at this point, I don't even know when this is gonna air, because I have to edit some of the other ones, and, you know, we'll get this up as fast as we can, we'll figure it out, and then we'll start season three. Oh, did we say today's date? Oh yeah, today is January 13th. So if any other catastrophic event has happened in the world since January 13th, that's why we didn't talk about it, because we're here in the past. <laughs> We'll talk about it eventually in a, in a mini-sode that we do, probably, but for now, we are in the past. And we thank you all for joining us, and we thank you all for listening. And we're hoping that you guys are sticking through to season two. Season three is gonna be a doozy. Season three ha is great. I'm very excited. Hang in there with us. Season three is when shit gets wild. But until then, you can listen to all of these episodes and you can follow us at LuckWeHadPod on Instagram, at LuckWeHadPod on Twitter. You can email us at LuckWeHadPod at gmail.com. And on those Twitter and Instagram, you can find the link to our website, which where you'll find everywhere that you can listen to us, a link to our Ko-Fi, and a link to Dissecting the Uncommon Thug, a study of Mickey Milkovich, a paper written by myself, a Dissecting Mickey Seasons 1 through 4. Evan, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me on Instagram or TikTok at I Wanna Die 4000 And then I'm not very active on Twitter, but you can always follow me there at Internet Life View. Amanda, where can they find you online? You can find me at Ab Abnormal Amanda on Twitter, at Abnormal Amanda 18 on Instagram, at Abnormal Amanda underscore 18 on TikTok. And I want you guys to also give a follow to the person that made our logo, my sister Zoe. We tag her in all of the show notes. Uh, it's at Burden on Society is her art Instagram. She's fucking incredible. And at Zoe is so cool like is her TikTok. She is a wonderful well, cosplayer. I love her so much. But until we speak to you all again, thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging in with us. And we'll see you next time for the season two finale. Ah, uh, wow. Season two is coming to a wrap. Yes. All right. But until then, goodbye. Bye.